Good morning, everyone. We're thinking about Mark's Gospel in chapter 5 and people that were overwhelmed. And this is uh, <clears throat> the fourth person or the fourth situation. And we want to read uh, a lengthy s- section this morning, verses 22 to 24 and 35 to 42. And you'll see why there's a division there. There came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. Then comes the incident that we spoke about last time of the woman with the hemorrhage of blood. And then while he was still speaking to the woman, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he did not allow anyone to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he had come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him, and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talitha Cumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose, and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her, to eat. <clears throat> so here we have a man overwhelmed with the death of his little daughter, and understandably so. There are lots of things I want to say about this most wonderful account of the raising of Jairus' daughter. However, this morning there's just one thing I want to focus our attention on, and that is this matter of sleep. Now, I must rate quite highly amongst some of the world's worst sleepers. The cat creeping along the landing wakes me up. That's if I've got to sleep in the first place, of course. But I'm not wanting to talk about going to bed at night. I want to talk about sleep in the context of this particular uh, account that we're reading. In John chapter 11, Jesus said to his disciples, Our friend Lazarus is asleep. But I go that I might awake him out of sleep. And his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. In Acts chapter 7, after Stephen's preaching, which annoyed the crowd, It says this, and they stoned him. And he, calling upon God, said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. 
And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. In Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, he says this, I would not have you to be ignorant, brothers, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have not hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, as I've said, my desire this morning is to particularly speak into the hearts of those of you who have been bereaved or possibly feel that there may that soon it might be the case that a loved one who is very ill and maybe terminally ill will die. In these scriptures and many others that could be quoted, it's very clear and plain that when a believer in the Lord Jesus dies, their body goes to sleep. There is absolutely no doubt that it only refers to the body. There is no such thing as soul sleep. And that's true for all who die. There is consciousness of soul, whether a saved soul or a lost soul. That's solemn. But my intention isn't to concentrate on the terrible state of those who've refused God's offer of mercy and salvation in the Lord Jesus. No, my desire today is to encourage and comfort you, my dear believer in Christ, whose heart is broken at the loss of that one you have been separated from for a little while. And please remember that it is only for a little while. If we had read on in Paul's letter, we would have seen this, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be. That is, in such a state of togetherness, we shall be forever with the Lord. Wherefore, says the Apostle, comfort one another with these words. What a comfort that is. But with regard to those of God's people who die, Scripture says much about soul consciousness. Paul speaks like this as he faced death in a Roman prison. To me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I am in a strait between two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He also speaks like this in another letter to the Corinthians, we are always confident, confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So, dear child of God, when our body dies physically, we, as those redeemed by the blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, that body will sleep until the rapture. That is the moment when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
But in wonderful and total consciousness, our spirits and souls will be with Christ when we die, enjoying his in his immediate presence, which, as we've read, is very, very far better, as the word really means. Very, very far better. Can I just say before moving on, sleep is so different to death. The word death naturally speaking, immediately indicates a permanent state, whereas sleep is something completely different. It speaks of at least two things. It's temporary and usually at night. And secondly, a moment of waking is in view, which is usually in the morning. Can I say, beloved child of God, there's a morning coming. Praise God for that. That I believe is about to dawn when Jesus is coming back to take us who are still alive and those whose bodies are asleep, and together forever we shall be in a changed, transformed and glorified body with the Lord, the one who died on Calvary's bitter cross, in order to make us his own. How wonderful it will be to be with him, to see him face to face to be able to tell him how much we love him. We tell him now how much we love him. But then, face to face, we shall behold our Saviour. But let's briefly return to our subject. And that is this little girl of 12 years old, Jairus' daughter. As I said previously, I'm not going to exhaust this account today, but God willing, we'll return to it next time. However, what I do want to do is to think about what the Lord said. The damsel is not dead, but sleeps. Here was a young girl who, I take it, was not yet at the age of responsibility, whatever age that might be, no doubt differing one from another. However, I believe this to be very significant. Here was one who had neither accepted nor rejected Jesus as her own personal saviour. And the Lord Jesus says she sleeps. That language only refers to those who are going to be awakened by our Lord. This should be a great encouragement to any of you believers who have lost a little child. What a bitter experience that must have been. My heart genuinely goes out to you this morning. I want to close with a true story. A dear friend of mine was asked to take a funeral service of of such a child. He told me that he really struggled with what to say and was praying to the Lord for his message. And the Holy Spirit directed him to the words of King David, who had lost a newborn son. This is what David said. Now he is dead. Why should I fast? He'd previously fasted and asked the Lord uh, to stop this child from dying. Now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. King David, because of his faith, was going to heaven when his time came to die, of course, and he knew that he would be with that little child as that child was already there. What a comfort. God bless his word to you today.